Welcome to KBS World Radio, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Books on Demand, a show that introduces a treasure trove of Korean short stories to global audiences. Today, we introduce Us Earth by Cho Shi Hyun. I'm your host, Karen Choi, and please stay tuned. Please bury me. Those were Anna's last words. Joshian's Us Earth, published in 2021, is set in the not-too-distant future where Earth is undergoing serious environmental crises. It was in the year 2047 when it was officially announced that human bodies no longer decomposed. There has been a steady stream of reports about the fish, birds and pets that won't decay, but they were considered just a few anomalies as the number of wild creatures had fallen dramatically. But it became impossible to ignore the problem when the news of buried human bodies remaining intact was released and soil pollution as serious as radiation exposure was reported at a landfill near Paris. No living creature was discovered within a radius of a few kilometers, and revitalizing the land seemed impossible. Environmental scientists around the world reported that burying human bodies was just as bad as, or even worse than, burying trash. What, then, should human bodies be classified as? Debates raged on about ethics and existence. The World Health Organization and the International Environmental Agreement Standards at last categorized human bodies as industrial waste. Burial and cremation of human bodies were outlawed because both caused severe soil and air pollution. As usual, industrial waste was moved to a landfill. Countless protests resulted in the opening of a landfill solely for human remains. In the early days, some people hid the bodies of their loved ones in their rooms because they couldn't bear sending them to the landfill. But the law was toughened when several apartment buildings had to be sealed off after the corpses started emitting toxic substances through their orifices. Most people could not afford to pay the multitude of bills and compensation costs. Everyone was given a plastic bag just big enough to accommodate a body. In that respect, death became fair to almost everyone. The story begins in the future when human bodies are sorted as industrial waste. Here's Pang Min-ho, Korean professor of literature at Seoul National University, telling us the background behind this story. The most ingenious element of this story is mankind's imagined dystopian future, in which human bodies have become the worst kind of waste. Such an idea is unique among Korean postmodernist works of literature.
The government built an environmentally friendly apartment complex called Neo City, where renewable energy sources produced enough energy to power the whole area. The residents here were given various tax incentives, but those who couldn't afford to move into Neo City had to pay heavier taxes and fines. When such discrimination and hatred raged out of control, the government built Ecopia in 2054, only seven years after Neo City was opened. Ecopia converted heat, light, and wind into electricity, and human excrement was immediately broken down into water and biogas. The plant plot still stood next to the front door. On the day we moved into this place, Anna and I bought this bulky pot. It was a sort of celebration, and it meant a lot to us. Crop farming became possible only in certain zones once soil pollution became too serious. Although the government and enterprises oversaw crop seeds for species preservation, we can still get them if we tried. So we bought seeds with two months of our pay. Anna and Yori met at a coffin factory, and it's been three years since they started living together at Ecopia. Anna kept working even after she fell ill. She made coffins. Sites of the landfill were shown often on television. The whole lot was divided into zones like a honeycomb. Collectors threw in the coffins as if they were dumping trash bags. Their faces could not be seen because they were wearing hazmat suits. When we left the factory, we washed up, ate dinner and fell asleep while chatting. When I asked her if she wanted to do anything special, Anna answered that she wanted to go see the ocean. It's been a while since the seas became off-limits. High seawalls along the beach were erected to protect the sea. There were no traces of living things. Mountains of discarded plastic bottles, aluminum cans, styrofoam pieces, and plastic bags looked like some artwork from afar. So how is she? Bokja asked after Anna when Yori came downstairs. Bokja waited for the sun to show up, even though sunny days came very rarely. Since Anna got sick, she waited for the sun with Pukja. That was when Pukja told her about her dream. I dream about my father complaining that this place is too noisy. He irritates me even when he's dead. Pukja seemed to have figured out about Anna's death from Yori's face. I sat next to Pukja even as I pondered how to tell Moran and Pyeongju about Anna. Pukja's bony hand patted my shoulder. I have been rude to her, treating her like a crazy hag, but she was the one comforting me now. Anna has been sick for a long time, so she has been ready to face death for quite a while. But why does she have to leave me such a wish? I would likely be caught and would have to pay a fine, and Anna would end up in the landfill no matter what. While Yori was deep in thought about Anna, Muran, who lived in another building in Ecopia, showed up. What are you doing here? Pyeongju is waiting for you. Pyeongju's job was demolishing old apartments, so he was able to borrow a truck and drive us to work. Moran worked at the same factory as Yori, and rumors spread that they went to the landfill every weekend. 
The toxic substances emitted from the dead bodies were just as hazardous as radiation, making the landfill a very dangerous place, but people still rummaged through the landfill in search of things that they could sell for cash. That was why these people were called hyenas. When she saw me leaning against Bokcha's shoulder, she must have realized what had happened to Anna. It's been two months since Anna stopped showing up for work at the factory. They didn't ask me anything while we rode on Myungju's truck to go to the factory. Anna made me promise that I would bury her. Please help me. She was insane. I know how you feel, but how can you pull it off? It's illegal. What if you get caught? Can you afford the fine? And the land would die. If you don't help me, I'll report you to the authorities and say you're the hyenas. I'll tell them you sneak into land into the landfill in a truck. <laughs> the car stopped suddenly, and I bumped my head on the headrest. I have never seen Pyongju that angry. He was glaring at me. You think we're all idiots? Who do you think they'll come for when you report us? Don't make things difficult and just follow the procedure. It's all for her own good. I realized that the tender, caring atmosphere that used to surround us was shattered in that instant. In Ecopia, electricity was generated whenever people walked on the designated path called the point block, and the points they received for the energy produced were used to get discounts on their bills or exemptions on environmental taxes. So Yori and Anna walked to the point block to charge up their points whenever they had a chance. But at some point, Anna started to stray from the point block and led Yori towards the old complex. I couldn't tell how far we had walked, but we were far inside the old complex. I felt something unfamiliar beneath my feet and looked down. Soil. I've never seen soil in this state since I was very young. How did you find out about this place? I asked Byungju and he told me that this place would be left like this for a while because the demolition has been suspended. Not daring to touch it with my hands, I poked at the ground with the tip of my shoes. The dirt would be completely covered once new buildings and point blocks were built to keep away human beings. I don't want to become waste to you. I wanted to tell her that she is not trash, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't make a sound. Yori, please bury me. I never imagined that Anna would say something so absurd and selfish. I couldn't fathom where that desire came from. I hope you think about me and don't forget about me. I hope you visit me, remember me. Moran ignored Yori all day long. Yori couldn't force her to become an accomplice in this crime. Yori went to bed as soon as she came home and set an alarm for 10 o'clock. When Yori came outside, she was surprised to find Moran there. Don't get me wrong. It's not because of your stupid threat. I'm doing this for Anna. The two women went to the old complex where Yori and Anna had often visited. 
Behind the apartment was a little depression in the ground Anna and I had made with our feet earlier. Moran snorted when I took out a gardening shovel from my bag. The shovel went through the earth easily. I dug for quite a while, but I could only make a hole the size of a wash basement with the small trowel. The shovel struck something. It was a small jewellery box, seemingly 20 or 30 years old. It looks like a jewellery box. Are you going to open it? A tiny ballerina spun on her toe to the music. Bach's Minuet Number no. 3 was played during lunchtime at the factory. All there was inside the box were photographs in an envelope, a bookmark made with pressed flowers, a ring, and a folded piece of paper. It looks like a time capsule. The folded paper was very light and contained something lumpy inside. I unfolded it carefully to discover dark brown grains of various sizes. These are seeds. I couldn't imagine who had kept the seeds here and why. I was reminded of a plant in front of our house. Anna and I had failed to nurture it, and the plant didn't sprout. Yori found various seeds in the pit she had dug to bury Anna. Here's literary critic Chun So-young explaining the meaning of the time capsule, 복자, and the word us. Bokja talks a lot about her ancestors appearing in her dreams, and the time capsule discovered in the ground represents a message from one generation to another. The time capsule also demonstrates that environmental issues are not confined to just one generation, but that they are problems that should be dealt with over several generations. If we live recklessly, thinking only of our immediate comfort, our children will have to pay the price. We have to think about the title of this story, Us, Us. The title points to the fact that all of us, not only this generation, but also future generations, have to think about the crises facing us and take responsibility for them. Yori went back to work after spending all night digging up the dirt. The day also happened to be when the annual physical checkup was taking place. Anna was diagnosed with a terminal illness at the checkup two years ago. The doctor said Yori's health was fine, but she took the doctor's diagnosis to mean that she hasn't become waste just yet. That night, Yori and Moran met again at the old apartment complex to scoop up more earth with gardening trowels. They at last dug a hole big enough to bury a human body. The way back was quiet. Bokja was already out waiting for us. She saw how dirty I was but didn't say anything. I approached her hesitantly before sitting down next to her. Anna, Earth, the hole, the seeds, and the pain were all reminders of the fact that I was still alive. I sat next to Bukcha for quite a while. I wanted her to say something about her ancestors crowding her dreams, but she kept mum. I had to keep on living. The sun isn't coming up. It rarely does. 
I got up, listening to her mumbling. I needed somewhere I could go, somewhere I could return to. Those were Anna's last words. Thank you for tuning into Books on Demand. This week we read Us Earth by Chu Shihan. This has been Karen Choi, and please join me again next week.